Welcome to the Yeshiva Show. I am your host, Mo Eisenberg, class of 1996. Dove is not feeling well, and we wish you a Rafua Shalema. But the show must go on. And we are joined today by a guest who we've been waiting to have on the show for a very, very long time. Luckily for us, he is in town performing. Now, don't, not exactly what you think, but... Thankfully, Ellie Leibowitz, homegrown talent from Skokie and Chicago, is actually here in studio today. Ellie, of course, will get into the history. He is a longtime Kayetz alum, and we are pretty sure he secretly went to the Yeshiva. But Ellie's here in studio, and we are happy to join him. Ellie, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. But what brings you to, we'll just jump ahead for a second, what brings you to Chicago or Skokie today? I just did a show for the Young Israel of Skokie. How'd that go? It went pretty well. Yeah. I did an hour, and I, they had a very big light. Like, it was blinding light, so oh. but I couldn't see anyone. But, That's the best. But I heard them laughing. Oh, God. all right. Or the track, or the laugh track. Yeah, you know, I try to bring one with me right. just in case. Well, I got to tell you, talk about bringing with you. It's, it's really interesting because on my left, I mean, you are the king of marketing. You actually brought a roll of stickers of yourself, which is really quite, quite interesting. I think you, they, and by the way, if you look around, we're in the rest of his office and these pictures are, are dated. You, you're, you're welcome to put a picture. Any, just stick one on. No one will In difference. my defense, they did give these out. Uh -huh. The thing sure. they said, take these stickers. Yeah. And I was like. My kids like stickers. This would be a nice. <laughs> I said this was a nice. Mo I was thinking to myself, I should give this to my kids when I travel. Right, it'd be like a very sad cast in the cradle moment. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I want to be a sticker like you, Dad. All right, Ellie, tell us your history, my, my man. Where were you born? Where'd you go to elementary school, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Hit me, hit me with it. I was born, I believe, in Evanston Hospital. Okay, I'm not sure. Right. Uh, I was born in Chicago. I went to Ari Crown Hebrew Day School for elementary school. Nice. And I went to, I had a crown, can I say that? You I can. A, I had a crown Jewish you can academy. do it really quickly. Sorry, I had a crown Jewish academy. Uh -huh. uh, and then I went to Shalvim for okay. one year. Uh, I was in the accelerated program. Nice. And nice. That's a, I didn't know it was a two-year program. And then I went to YU. That was where I started doing comedy. And now I am a stand-up comedian as of January 2023, doing it full-time. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, your experience from Airy Crown to the Academy, was, and we talk about this with other people who have who went to the Academy and went to the Eastern for Base Medrash or Kola or whatever, were there a lot of kids that went from Airy Crown to the Academy in your year? Not a ton. There was about five guys, four guys, and like six or seven girls. Right. And... And throughout, I think there were like two that would like transfer from the issue of a so sort of uh, so we we would end with a a, a net yep. gain of a yep. few which which I think I think happened David's year two yeah my year two that that's that sounds it's, right it's a common yeah. it's a it's a common thing um, 
Yeah, so there weren't a ton of... It was a little bit of a transition to go from Ari Crown to the Academy. I was not as good at Hebrew as right, some sure. of the Salman Schechter kids. Right, who, or Hill Torah kids. Uh, I was like, I know school supplies. That's <laughs> about it. <laughs> I need and, our own. Well, I, uh, one of the things I said tonight, I said... Uh, you know, I didn't really learn Hebrew also because we'd half an hour Hebrew for like twice a week unless there was Erev Shirah. And <laughs> somebody would be like, what's Erev Shirah? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know Hebrew. Right. And exactly. Set me up for the academy. Uh, well, no, the academy, I said my academy Hebrew got a little bit better. They taught me the Binyanim, which is the, you know, the buildings. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the Sears Tower. Asir Stahler, John Ankalk. Well, more more the the, the grammatical structure of uh, which I I've always found funny that they teach you the grammar before they teach you the language. <laughs> like, are you ever going to be in an emergency in Israel and be like, help, help, I need help? Did you see it in Hitbael? Like, <laughs> right, I don't exactly. Think I don't know. Until recently, I thought Beit Lechem was the bakery. So to me, it's you know it's always been a, a shocker. I think I think uh, Rabbi Cohen once said at. Told a story, Rabbi Cohen from um, uh, Yisharon. He said that one time when he went after to Israel for the first time, and like yeshi- after like yeshiva, he said he went in a cab and he said to the cab driver, "Imna <laughs> <laughs> like All right, so Ellie, so you know, I, I did, I did tell a lot of people you were going to be on the show. We, you know, Dub and I both were very excited about it, and uh, and, the, and the question that we got recurring was, "Wait, Ellie didn't go to the Yeshiva. and so I oh, said, wait, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but he went to Kayetz, and you didn't just go to Kayetz for one summer. You you were a Kayetz guy for a while." I went to Kites for at least two summers of recall. Right. Um, I definitely didn't. Te- is Teen Call the ninth grade? Yeah. Okay. So I did going into eighth grade and ninth grade. At least two years of going to Kites. And uh, the way I, the way I understand it, that's how you got your comedy, your flair for comedy. Uh, yes, it was Kites <laughs> brought me. <laughs> See, Kites uh, was my. No, I, uh, well, it certainly wasn't the sports, daily sports right. that they had. It wasn't that, that was for other people's comedy right. of league sports, uh, which I did, I was doing pretty well at, at that age. And then I, I really kind of peaked it at 14. And, uh, uh, no, Kayets was, was a lot of fun. I, my favorite thing of Kayets really was in color war having Torah Bowl. Yeah. Because I love trivia and I would rock it. Oh. And like I would I was so good at it. Even to this day, I still remember they ask a question of how many fast days are there and name them. And I hesitated. I didn't do the Ken Jennings and I should have buzzed in. Right. Because I knew I was gonna be fast enough. I, I could have I should have just figured it out as I do you know how many fast days there are? There are. There are seven. Six. Right, but I can count uh-huh. an extra one. You counted behind. Right. <laughs> You're very from me. Uh and no, I, I remember I, I still wish uh, I wish I went to the Yeshiva because they have Torah Bowl. <laughs> and the Academy, I think the Academy, maybe do Chido not Tanakh, but that's about it. So, so aside from Torah Bowl, is there anything, that, any stories that you recall from camp? I, I, I seem to remember there being some water park incident. Was it a wa- that sounds like... like <laughs> uh, let's, I know exactly what it sounds like. I want to hear more. It sounds like a sandlot situation. No, I, I, no my, I, just, I just love the idea that you, you see the camp. Uh, Kayetz is very proud of the fact that they go on trips all the time or at least they were in right i don't know if they still go on all the trips whatever and it was be like it would be like a cubs game and a Sox game in one summer and it would be like i think magic waters is that the yes is that the one yes and you're like oh my god it's simply splashtastic uh is that is that the that's the the market uh, i think so (laughs) i should uh 
And I just remember, you're like, oh, the water park, that's like a huge one. And you're like, okay, but it's in Indiana. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you remember, you're like, oh, wait, I go to an all boys from <laughs> camp. So we're going to a water park at the optimal time to go to a water park, which is what? 7 p.m. <laughs> on a gloomy gray day when no one wants to be right. in the water. And you're like, I'm pretty sure there's lightning coming down. But you're like, nope, this is when we reserved it. And my favorite thing is that they intentionally reserve it. So... Like, I think if you only went to these camps, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, like, do like, doesn't everyone go to water parks at, right. the, at, at like terrible times? <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, the strategy that Robert Polstein always had to balance was, you know, how do we make these kids think that they're on an enjoyable trip <laughs> while at the same time making sure that we've covered all of our bases, you know? So, uh, listen, I, I hear it. It's the same. By, by, I think in Ari Crown, it would be like, I think we had a no TV commitment, right. which I never really committed to. Right. Uh, and I think the tickets, at one point it was tickets to a Cubs game, tickets to a Sox game, and then the Cubs started getting good. Right. And they're like, no, we're going to only do Sox games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so I, you know, you mentioned something before, and, and I want to kind of get into this because I, I think it's really fascinating. And, of course, you were... You know, you and I know each other from Chicago, but also from Kayets a little bit, and probably mostly from um, you were for a long time an NCSY advisor, um, and you know you had a following then of you know you were you were cracking jokes, you were telling stories, you were you know, and the teenagers were were drawn to you that way, and I think it you had you had a lot of influence on people in all positive ways. Um, you said something about doing comedy full time. Starting yeah. January 2023, which is, is was a few minutes, months ago. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Because it sounds super scary. It means I don't have other skills. Uh, I was working at day jobs okay. for the past 10 years. I worked at the OU for a couple of years. Okay. I worked in the marketing department at the OU, which also great source material. Right. Um, <laughs> people would call and say, do you have the number for the Huff K? <laughs> Literally. Can you imagine calling Coke asking for Pepsi's number? Right. Um, they somebody emailed. I remember saying, um, "Hi, I'm at Costco, and I want to know if these hot dogs are kosher with pesos." <laughs> right. And I was just like, "I hope I email by the time you're checked out of line." Exactly. And and I think somebody called the OU once and was like, "This older lady," and she was just like, "She left a message." I think it was like, "When is Pesach?" over <laughs> and i'm just imagining this woman in her basement eating matzah for right. three weeks just be nobody like, told her you never called me back <laughs> so that it's june yeah yeah that was she, and another woman was called and said uh hi i'm born in february 1928 can you look up when my hebrew birthday is wow and if you're born in february 28 1928 i'm gonna look up your hebrew birthday yes yeah. i don't think you have a computer oh yeah also because they have a big big time they have the the pesach guide it's like a right. big ou thing this yes. thing worthless after pesach right but like gold <laughs> people would people would hoard them steal them it's it's the bible it's well also when we would get people to sign up to, to have it delivered to them I would say, you know, I would take the orders and be like, all right, you type in something, something at OU.org. And then somebody said, where is the OU on the keyboard? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, you know what? F5 isn't doing anything. The OU should really get on that. That's right. So that was my first like job uh, post-college, post-YU, because I majored in psychology, which is, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Right. And then I I did some substitute, you know, teaching 
which it was kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. And then I worked at B&H, which is for like five years. And that must have been an experience. Well, yeah, I, it's like, it's kind of like Santa's workshop with Jose. That's what, right. That's what being at this, the store, it's like this famous store in New York, if people know it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, in, in, it was interesting. I, I didn't work in the, I worked in the corporate office and uh, my favorite story from that was like six months into working there. They would order, they would order pizza from uh, Bravo pizza in Midtown, New York uh, every Friday. And I remember one Friday I get an email like six months into working there and it was me, it was an email to me and like 25 other people. There was no body of the email, just a <laughs> subject line. And it said, somebody ordered pizza from Bravo delivered to Ellie. Was this you? And it was me and 25 other people <laughs> on this email. And I just posted this and I said, describe working at a Jewish company in one email. <laughs> Um, so that was that, that was interesting. Well, I would tell people about BNH. I said there was no work on Cholmoid, but there was a mandatory meeting at the zoo. So, <laughs> there you go. uh, yeah, so I was there for a while and then I started working at a startup the last couple of years mm-hmm. as, and that ended as of December, 2022. And then I, I also was like, all right, let me, I realized how many gigs I was getting doing this part time. Right. So I'm like, all right, let me do this full time and see and thank god that over the last few months it's been it happens to be it's odd hour and busy season so we'll see if during the nine days things pick up <laughs> yeah i mean i I've, I've seen you and we'll get to it towards the end of course but we'll also you know i've seen you on instagram and on the different various posts and and uh people that have attended your shows have, have definitely put you know your addresses on there and how people can see you and it's it's it looks like you really are um really doing it i wonder how many how many from comedians are there right now? Do you know that are doing this full time? I don't think there's a ton. Yeah. Um. I mean, Elon Gold, who I'm actually friend away with, um, he's doing it. He's in L.A. Okay. Um. Avi Lieberman is another guy in L.A. Okay. Mark Schiff is another guy in L.A. Okay. But in New York, it's very limited. You, you've got you've got the East Coast and Midwest. I have down. a lot. I mean, there are some. Uh, there there's some other other comedians that are doing it, but I think. What I realized that doing the show tonight for the youngest little Skokie, you know, right. talking to Rabbi Shaffle, and it was just like, I don't think like other people are getting into the orthodox weeds as much as I am in some of my material. Like, right. I don't think people are talking about Birkasa Chodesh. <laughs> and people say like, are you worried if somebody's going to take your material? I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm okay, but no but one's going to. And also, it. like, I, I would imagine it gives you like, uh, like a literal plethora of material. Just the fact that you're like. In the Orthodox, like I, I could think of going to Shul every Shabbos and come come up with like a thirty minutes of humor just from yes. weekly, you know, Shul. Absolutely, there's. I mean, that's why COVID was was hard because I didn't go to Shul and there wasn't, right. there wasn't as much, uh, you know. Also, Shabbos meals too. Shabbos right, meals, right? Me and my wife going us just just the two of us again in terms of like the variety of, right. you know. That's that's why my my thing was called remind me after Shabbos because I'll come up with a bit and and like a Friday night I'll say something funny I'll be like to my wife like the next day like all right remind me about this joke after Shabbos she's like I was supposed to remind you of something. So yeah, there's there's so much material in the orthodox world being jewish right that and i think it's hopefully have a unique perspective at least in the outside world because so many comedians are just like not religious or they're just like they're hating on religion and um the be to be able to do it from yeah this is weird but like i do it or it's funny but like i'm not trying to like diminish it in any way i'm just like 
this is cathartic a little bit of like, hey, we do this experience. Like I said a joke. I was like, you just say things with Jewish confidence. You just say, with, say things with confidence and you don't realize how weird they are until you say that. Like until you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought these willow bundles a minute right, ago right. for $6 and I'm going to beat them on the ground just to make the custodian of the shul a little bit more anti-Semitic. With right. your, like that's perfectly normal. <laughs> do you think that like if people have people come over to you and and said to you, and I, I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm curious if there's a few that stand out. As people come over to you and said, um, Orthodox people have said, I can't believe you're doing this. Like you're, 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 it's in a, in a negative way. Like, why are you, why are you poking fun at this? Of course, they're at the comedy show. So I oh, would I, imagine that they, oh, I thought you meant doing comedy full time. I feel like everyone is <laughs> like, you know, you could take the LSAT still. Like, I feel like there's that. I, that's one thing everyone's like you're doing comedy like I see when people ask me about comedy full time there's that yeah. where people are like they're like I wish like they kind of wish they could mm -hmm. uh, because unless some people are very excited about accounting but like <laughs> you know but I think occasionally I get the you know hey you can't really I mean I say like literally that you know the in the Yom Kippur Moxer, the thing lots new really scares me because right. <laughs> it means you have made a mockery of serious things. I mean, guys, that's why I have a job. That's right your now. whole like, career, you know. And I'm not, I'm not really, I don't think I'm making a mockery of it. Like right. that, but like I think there, everybody has a different line. You know, sometimes I'll do a show, and I just imagine like certain, you know, certain communities or certain crowds are just going to be like, you know, elves in six months. So right. maybe uh -huh. let's interesting. Let's, I, they're not actually saying that, but like you, you get that so, look sometimes. You just have a line of like, this is not okay to joke about. Right. And I, I have those internal lines and I don't like try to like, I, but I really do believe that most people can, most Orthodox people can come to my show and they'll not have to like put their he head in their hands and be embarrassed. And like, I hope it's making somewhat of a Kiddush Hashem. It's right. hopefully not making a Chil Hashem, right. which is, it's like what's Ava and Yura is the biggest thing. So <laughs> if you're not making a Chil Hashem, that's one step. Hey. And then if Kiddush Hashem, that's, that remains to be seen. So, so I, I, this is fascinating to me, not only because I am one of those guys who'd be like, yeah, I could totally do this, but like, I know I can't because I am sure. Um, and this is, this is really what's fascinating to me, the preparation that's involved in these things. When, when you watch a comedian and I've seen your shows, uh, online, um, you're, you're not looking at anything. You're, you're, you're taking a drink of water, you know, you're not reading notes. And I think in the beginning people, people are, but I think, you know, you're, you're polished enough that you're just like, you, you've got this. And, and I don't know, like, you know, when you see. When you see when you watch concerts and you see like Billy Joel or Elton John or whoever they're playing the piano and they like kind of glance to the right, you know, you wonder like, okay, the words are on the screen, right? They they can't possibly know every single word to every single one of their songs. And sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. And I wonder for comedians, you've got sets that go a half hour, forty five minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. Um, that that's what blows my mind. Talk to me about that whole process. So yeah, I, I mean, I I was prepping for the show I did on Thursday at like a stand up New York on the West side, upper West side. And I had a very hard time preparing for that one because I wanted to make sure that I didn't say words that I've probably said a hundred times in this podcast already, but you know, mm -hmm. ums, because I wanted it to be very polished and smooth and every thinking of, you know, Seinfeld, every word counts and don't waste words and, also, I guess the Chafetz Chaim and all that, but yeah, but in, more in Seinfeld other, in other ways, more <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, but 
I, I, the way I've figured out, I had a long, hard time remembering my, my set a long time. And then at one point I, I just made categories and chunks and that's really the way to do it. Like Jim Gaffigan, if you listen to the special called King Baby, which is, I think is the one of his best ones, yeah. is his transitions are so seamless yeah. from bit to bit to bit to bit. And that's, I think, a big part of it is I can tell you, I, so I have like, let's say, a whole thing about being a comedian. I have a whole thing about Jewish. I have a whole thing about Israel. Okay. I have a whole thing about Purim. So sometimes I have the struggle of getting from the, where where am I from there to there to get from the ne- one to the next. But sometimes, you know, I, I know where I'm ending the bit. Okay. Like I know my comedian bit is, ends with, you know, a yarmulke falling in the toilet okay. or something like that. And then after that, I'm like, okay, my next thing is about people saying, oh, That's so you look Jewish. You like say, say, oh, uh, if I don't wear it, if I, I take my yarmulke off and it's like, oh, you don't look Jewish at all. Like, and then it's already I'm at being Jewish. So is that something that like you figure it out on your own is that something that comedians do is that something that just like if you know how to memorize things that's what you do is just take it in, in sections kind of thing and put it together well one of the things i did learn from yu in terms of my major was the psychology was i think there was a rule about like chunking it's called where okay. it's like you can only remember about five to seven things and that's why phone numbers are seven numbers uh-huh. because you can only really remember and now we can't remember phone numbers at all because we're just like <laughs> press two and hold. <laughs> well, also just like I used to remember cell phones and, and telephone numbers, and now I don't remember anything. And right. I have to like somebody gives me a number, I can't have to repeat it. Like, um, yeah, like almost like a guy, the guy in Memento who's just like, oh, right, the story. And that's me also <laughs> on a joke. That's that's me at a joke uh, Friday night or whatever. I'm like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> um, Memento after Shabbos. Um, so. The, yeah, I think that's a psychological thing is like you can't remember 90 minutes. I would say the same thing with like a half deal. Daf Yomi yeah. is you're going to do, you're going to learn for seven and a half years straight. That's impossible. Right. And or you're going to learn how many thousands of, of Daf of Gemara. So you have to do it one by one. So the same thing is like you have 10 categories yeah. of bits. You remember the word comedian? Wait, what's in that category Got of comedian? It. What's in that category of Jewish? What's in that category of Israel? And eventually I'm like, okay, I have it. And sometimes the transition aren't aren't super great, but I just, okay, this is this is enough. And also like the show I did the other night, it was I did 73 minutes and it was going so well that like you can just like take some time to think while it's breathe while the audiences are la- audience is laughing right and you're taking and I'll be honest like there is the, the thing of as you're taking a drink you glance for a second at your note uh-huh. and you you have a note on the on a stool maybe or something and it's like it says one line it just right. says comedian or whatever and that helps you trigger because it's just a where am I right in in the bit because sometimes you'll you know I said some joke I said. Um, I love a hoshlisochal. It's like one of these customs you just kind of just do. And I said, it's it's like there's these customs that we just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like I said, oh, you know, you don't gain weight on Shabbos because then you shami yaseira. And I said, I don't know what seminary girl came up with that one. <laughs> right. So the same one who said, if you stand on the chair hol- holding the havdalah can, you'll marry Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I told that joke the other night and I heard a woman in the front row say, Shaquille O'Neal was a basketball player. And and then <laughs> I kind of went on that for a while and kind of, and then I had to come back to where I was. Right. And but like, that was, that was off the cuff kind of, kind of yes. tangent that you, uh, and she said Shaquille O'Neal and was you a were basketball on, player. Were, and, and I was so, I was, it was going so well right. that I was able to have fun right, and right, relax right. and breathe. 
And that's only possible when you're just like, that's like the Zen mode that I would say. Like that's awesome. You're yeah. That you're able to like have fun and yeah, I was able to do bits I've never done. I, I said things I never said before on stage that got laughs. Right. Because you're just like off the cuff of just like, I said something about, I think I said Shavu, I meant to say Shavuos or Shavuot. Yeah. I ended up saying Shavuos. And I said, that's wrong according to all opinions. <laughs> but I was able to make fun of like the me messing up a line. Right. But, but the crowd was on, it was also a homegrown crowd. It was, it was right. like people that bought tickets to see me. So there's also that element. I mean, the Jewish element of me performing at a, certain events, a comedy night is great because they're opting to be here. Sometimes I'll perform at a Sheva Brachos and they're just like, we're here because of our cousin and who is this guy? Right. And they're not there for that reason. So not only are you getting people who are not there for that, but they're like, no, it's Thursday and it's nine thirty. Why are we here? Right, but for the most part, I imagine that the crowd's on your side, and I imagine that you know you 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 have that. But is there I, yeah. has, have there been moments because you know I I think all of us here, I, I'll, big I'm big Jim Gaffigan fan, and you don't you don't hear the heckling on any of his albums that I that I'm aware of. Um, I, I, but but when you watch the shorts, the YouTube shorts or Instagram shorts or whatever mm-hmm. of comedians, you always hear the banter, the the heckling, and then the, you know somebody will pick on an audience member or things like that. Has that ever happened to you, where there's an audience member that I don't know heckling in a bad way, but just where you you have this give and take with no, this audience? Ab- absolutely. But by the way, I think Jim Gaffigan probably developed his like inner monologue voice because it probably helped with keep everybody quiet. Not keep everybody quiet, but like it helps you with the dead silence uh-huh. because you're thinking of like whatever. So he's just internally like that is a, that is voice. a brilliant that is a brilliant. So thing, but some people hate it, and uh-huh. so like my brother doesn't like it, and like I don't like it so much. Really? Well, it it gets annoying, and that's what I'm saying. And King Baby, he doesn't do it as much as he did it uh-huh. like beyond the pale. Which <laughs> right. We're, we're it's like we're talking Svarim right now. I'm just like you guys know this album. Um, I I literally I did my show on Thursday night, this is March 16th, and. Yeah. Wednesday night, March 15th, I did a Shava Brachos for a crowd. And it was like, I didn't know much about who was going to be there. It was like modern Orthodox and like kind of yeshivish people. It was like a lot of doctors. Uh-huh. And I got two minutes in. Also, the people, it was like, at a, I was like, hey, everybody, here's somebody's going to two jokes at you. Right. Which kind of was what it was. And then some guy like two minutes in says, tell me some jokes. <laughs> and... I was like, I'm trying here, but it was, it's one of those, it's one of those where you're like, this is a kapara for something that I've done in my life. And, and the worst part was the guy said, oh no, comedians like, I feel like, they, I figured they, I thought they like heckle, heckling. Right. No. Right. No. Just, just, I want to put the PSA out there. Just if, if any, if any audience members are listening, comedians do not like when you're, imagine you have a speech prepared. And then somebody yells out something and you're like, shoot, I have to completely improvise what's going to happen right now. Whether or not they're good at it is a whole different story. Okay, but I I bet there's something else that that you guys hate. And I'm totally guilty of this. Okay, Elliot, you got to hear what this bit I just came up with, right? You got to hear this this line, right? Isn't this hilarious? And I try to get you to laugh. And then I'm like, yeah, he's going to work that into his thing. Like, it's not so much tell me something funny as it's validate what I have to say as funny. And then maybe you'll use it. Isn't that good? Isn't, you know, like that kind of thing. But I, I understand. I get the the appeal to do that. But I think the same reason people go up to a rabbi and say, rabbi, here's a vort. I heard. That's that's a very good, uh, um, and and the rabbi has to go and say, 
Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just trying to get some water at right. Kiddush right now. Right. Um, please, I have I have children <laughs> that, that whatever. And uh, no, I, I don't mind. When people say that, people say, hey, I have a... I have a I think it's more when people tell me street jokes, which happens a lot, where people are like, hey, have you heard this one? Okay. And I'm like, I know the punchline. Right. I, I know the punchline is, he had a hat. Like, <laughs> I know I know, I know, know where this is going because I've heard these. Or have you watched Mrs. Maisel? Yes, I've watched right. Mrs. Maisel. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't mind when people say, hey, here's it. Because sometimes people have like good... Right. Good, good insights and that, that's okay like and i'm a nice enough person that i'm not gonna be like whatever that's like also a lot of these are like on facebook messages or instagram right. or whatever twitter and uh i could see someone i could see someone leaving you like a 20 minute voice note all right ali just just hear me out for a minute okay and then he just goes i just say when <laughs> is pesach over all right so let me ask you this because i i i and then i want to get into something else that i think you can help us with here on the podcast um but one thing that I think is interesting is that I'm curious what the what the end end game is for you as far as as far as comedy. Now, obviously, it's something that you know we wish you a lot of mazal aslacha, and it's something that you could do professionally. But is there going to be an opportunity for us to watch a show online? Is there going to be able for like a full show? Is there going to be able an opportunity to get an album of Ellie Lewis to download? It's like what's the I don't know how this works exactly, but I'm curious what the, are you like a singer, so to, so to speak, where it's like, okay, the goal is to produce an album, the goal, you know what I mean? Well, the tough thing about a singer, a comparison for a singer is that a singer can be like, hey, Baruch Levine, can you do Vizakani right now? No one's going to, other than Jim Gaffigan getting Hot Pockets requested, right. once you hear a joke, it's a little bit like, oh, I can't hear that, like, I got to hear new stuff I know from it. you. Right. So... I think like this thing I just recorded the uh, like last week. I oh, so you did re you recorded that? I had somebody video it. Oh, that's great because I was just like I need I, I I need the very minimum high quality video footage of right. some of my stuff, and I'm gonna I'll at least slowly release more clips on Instagram, like, okay. like in in chunks or whatever. I don't know if I'm gonna do the whole thing. I have to see. I also spilled on my shirt right before I went on that stage. Yeah, killed and, the uh, whole thing. God's like, Haha, who's the comedian? Yeah. Now? Um. <laughs> But well, it dried up. I was up there for that long enough that it dried up. <laughs> That's pretty good. I could see the pictures. I was like, all right, this is when it happened. Right. But also, it wasn't like a small stain. It was like a huge, like it was like the state of Florida was on their shirt. Wow. It was real impressive. Yeah. Um. So I I, I would love to. I, I did about seventy five minutes of material the other night, and there's probably about ten to fifteen minutes of material I didn't do, and then now I'm also trying to add to new stuff that. I have to kind of work out and, and continue to do. So I did a bit about kosher restaurants tonight that I wasn't, I didn't record right. or, or stuff like that. So I would love to, in theory, release something okay. at some point. Um, I also don't know, like I would, yeah, I guess an MP3. I don't know like what, like I would always be like record an album and be like, we don't have CDs anymore. Right. <laughs> right. You know? And I, I feel like Sirius XM is going to be like, Hey, have you heard this bit about Hogba? <laughs> hey, like <laughs> Radio Hanukkah. It happens. Well, somebody, somebody told me the other night, I did it after my show, somebody said, you should do dry bar comedy, which is like, I guess the super clean Christian uh -huh. or mostly I catered to Christians, whatever. It's like Jim the channel. I'm saying it's, I don't know what it's a serious thing or okay. it's a 
but it's called dry bar comedy and like it's a lot of clean material that's perfect for orthodox jews and like from christians interesting um so like jim gaffigan and brian regan are like big on uh, not them but i'm saying that's how part of the reason they built those following because they're very clean and right. you don't have to be like oh my kids are in the car and i can't listen to this or whatever Elle is coming and i can't <laughs> right um so i, I would and i would love to kind of release something because i think anyone who's has a relatively jewish background my stuff is very relatable like that's my one of my biggest challenges knowing where what audience what kind of Jewish background my audit, my stuff is or like I know Orthodox if you're Orthodox my stuff is for you for sure if probably you're traditional probably also conservative depending on your age and then the other denominations I'm not sure right. Right. I, I just don't know where your you know where your baseline is of what like if I say Hagba right you don't know what that is it, it, you know or I said tonight Moel and I realize that like people that aren't Orthodox say Moyle Oh, right, probably because of Seinfeld, but right, you know, there's there's different things. Saying the word shaitel, it's you have to say the word shaitel, and you can't explain it. Uh, it brevity is all is, right. is the key. So I, I don't know. I I don't know. The, I don't know what I will end up releasing at some point. But if it will definitely be some some social media clips of of my stuff, which. Um, I want to really be able to get high quality stuff so that like it's going around mostly because of uh, bookings that like somebody says, Hey, we have a dinner coming up or whatever. Let's hire you or. Yeah. I was going to say for me, if like, if I was a comedian, I think my, my end game would be to get invited to every Pesach program. And, and, you know, have you, have you had that experience yet where they're looking for entertainment at a Pesach program and they're like, you know. We want we want you to come and bring your family and you'll yeah. be the yeah I'm doing I, I there was one I almost I got offered to do something in Cancun this year for a oh. Syri- well, it was a Syrian program okay and um, they offered basically that that's amazing but yeah but I was also a couple things I I said no also because I because of kidding out right. partially right because they I, I asked I was like are you gonna have like what because you kid- demanded to eat them I was like and they were like no nope, we're really, the Syrians that don't I really need to have coke with a red I need cap. rice that's right I, a coke with a yellow cap is not going to do it for <laughs> yeah. me uh but um yeah no i so i i was like that was one but i am doing i'm doing going to a program called pesach in the southeast for atlanta in, in atlanta oh very nice the first days and i'm doing another one called passover resorts in la for the cool. second days um and then figuring out my stuff in the middle but yeah i i i've been been in the little bit of the pesach you know i'm I know the there is you're doing the circuit. Yeah, you can kind of tell the upper echelon of the programs based on if you open the Jewish home or you right, know, these, right. these Jewish papers, and you <laughs> right. can tell how from they are by how many times this is non gabrucks. <laughs> no, really, this time it's a hundred percent. And you could also tell how open they would be to comedy when they're emphasizing how many shirim they have. Like they're really like we're having this these shirim and very minimal comedy. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. So I am. Uh, yeah, the Pesach circuit. That's awesome. My Pesach circuit. Yeah, is, is uh, it's definitely something I am doing. And again, thankfully, like I, I hope over the last few months, it's it's shown that I, I'm doing this more and more. And like, yeah. hopefully name recognition is getting out there because I am. I I'm very confident that if most communities heard my stuff within the certain like realm of orthodoxy plus you know other right and left, I think they would be up. Be open to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I know people 
in uh, locally here in Chicago are, are you know look at you and are very proud. You know that you came from you came from here. You're from Chicago, and you're someone who is homegrown. And I, granted, granted, a homegrown talent is always a little bit harder to get in front of an audience because because uh, I think people feel take for granted the fact that oh yeah we know Ellie Lee Woods you know but but really it's it's impressive and uh, you know it's fantastic. I I know that you know about this podcast, and I know that you know. The yeshiva, here's going to be the shocker. Skokie Yeshiva is turning 100 years old. Now, I know what you're thinking because everyone has the same I went reaction. I to the bathroom beforehand and I could tell it's 100 years right, old. Right, I was going to say, it must have turned 100 years old 100 years ago. Yes. But but this is it. It's 100 years. And so we've been doing, Dove and I have been doing this podcast and we've been doing it all over, all over, uh, really all over the world. Um we were in uh, Dove was in Florida, and uh, and we were in we were in New York, and we were in Israel, and we were talking to a lot of different, really, really cool alumni, really cool people who have been staff members, and people that have gone to camp, and people who really have a lot of good memories. And one of the things that we started doing, and I want to do a few of them now. One of the things that we started doing was inviting people to write letters in to the uh, to the pod. And to tell us, you know, what they what they thought. So I, I we're just going to do a few because it, you know time's getting late, and I know you it's it's, it's late, and I know you want to you have an early flight tomorrow. But I, maybe um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put these in the proverbial hat and pick a couple out, and and I want you to just read whatever you see, and uh, you know. Oh. Also, I want to clarify that they're, they're emails, not like actual letters. Like, right. I went to the Yeshiva right. 1907. Okay. Thanks a lot behind the curtain. Anyway, uh, and then and then what you can also do is just, instead of selling, st- telling that the letter came from Moshe Eisenberg, just say it came from Moshe or something like that, okay? And then let's, let's see if anyone has anything good to say. I have not seen these letters before, these emails before. I don't know what they said. I don't know if they're positive, negative, or in between. All right. All right, what you, and I'm going to read two also, and you tell me what the first thing that, you know, if you... if you, I, I got one. Okay, you got one? Yeah. Okay, go. I just listened to the show with Rabbi Beryl Wine, who talked about the role of the yeshiva in integrating European refugees after the war. Great show! <laughs> you might consider a similar show about its role in integrating Iranian refugees we go. 40 years later when I was a student at Fassman. Jeff, thank you, Jeff. Okay, here's one. One summer... Oh, a couple of stories about our class, and this is from uh, this is from uh, Irwin. Um, one summer, there was a bomb that went off in the basement, Rish, which was the headline of the Chicago Tribune the next day. Hebrew the- Hebrew College bombed. The following semester, I believe there was a bomb threat called into the office, and we were all evacuated a safe distance from the building. These are the warm and fuzzy thoughts that we're we're really encouraging people send in. That I think ties well with the Iranian refugees <laughs> one, by the way. Great. I think that's the same. All right, episode. your turn. You got you got something else? Uh, yeah. I don't even care about the names anymore. Just this is so interesting. We met. Hi, Dove. We met briefly last night. I realized afterwards <laughs> that since it's almost Purim, now would be a good time to share memories of Purim at the Yeshiva. The attached rant documents Purim at the Yeshiva and drinking in general while I was in the basement. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. There you go. Um, here, Here's, okay. Um, I'm an alumnus of the Yeshiva class of 87. I've been listening to the podcast and very much enjoy it. Um, the evolution of American Orthodox Judaism and HTC's role uh, in it deserves attention as part of its centenary celebration. I want to thank this guy for... Teaching me what the word centenary means. 
I Googled I went it. To, I went to the Academy and I knew what that <laughs> But there you go. There you go. I didn't, I didn't know. That was. Hey, here's a nice one. Uh, can I read his name? I don't know. Uh, that, you know, you can read his first name. Hi, my name is Adiv, class of 19. I'm planning on attending the Malava Malka next week and would be interested in sharing some experiences on the podcast. I'm from Calgary. Not too many FYHS guys can say that. Went to the yeshiva from 10th to 12th grade and had a great time living in the dorm. I'm a big fan of the show and I'd love to be a part of it. Um, this guy, actually, Michael, actually, I, I know Michael. He's a cousin of mine. And he has an interesting idea for a podcast. It actually, it actually is pretty interesting. It is the non-Jewish kids who grew up in the yeshiva. So you had... These that's janitorial... A whole, that's a whole new podcast. It's janitorial kids. You know, these guys who, who lived here and their kids grew up in the yeshiva. This is uh, this is fascinating stuff. All right, we're going to get to more letters as they uh, as the weeks progress, and hopefully we'll get to all of them. There, there's, as you can see, the stack is quite high, and uh, it's it's been uh, it's been exciting. Um, um, so actually, Ellie, you, in Chicago, you actually had another job. For many summers, is that correct? Well, like every, the Missouri of Chicago Jewish kids is... I never did this, but yes, okay, go ahead. but like how many people in your class did it? No, I always wanted to. It was great. Tell us about it. Yes. Vending at Wrigley Field, an awesome Comiskey guaranteed field. Right. You sell it, whatever <laughs> it's called now, Willis Tower. Vending in Wrigley Field. Vending in Wrigley Field was, we. it was such... Really, the one of the best jobs ever. I, I did it as when I turned sixteen. You were able to do it, and uh, it was awesome. And I started doing at one point. I started doing Harry Carey's. I was so bored of just saying the same "Hey, peanuts" or whatever, and just saying things. I right. would start doing. I mean, I would kind of say lines. I'd be like, you know, with water, I'd be anybody not discover beer yet and stuff like that. <laughs> but I, then I started doing Will Ferrell's Harry Carey. Now, as a vendor. As a vendor, so much so that I would also like buy, I like bought the like big glasses and then I really got savvy because people would buy, want to buy them from me no. for like 20 bucks and they like, like dollar store glasses. No, no, you, it was like $6 okay, online all right. from like Harry Carey's website and oh. I had these huge glasses okay. and again, if you know the Will Ferrell SNL sketch, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we got ice cream. Who wants to get crazy? Come on. <laughs> And I would just walk around and I would just be like, now we all know the mood is not made of green cheese. But what if it was made out of barbecue spare ribs? Would you do that? I know I would. And some people are are going, are listening to this and the same thing they would do when I was at Wrigley. They'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry, I scare myself sometimes. And um, I, but I, I got to the point where I would like really like have so much people would tip me without even buying sometimes really made, made me feel a little weird but i yeah. but but i was but it was great that i would walk around i did it for harry carey's widow no yes Dutchy. yeah i recorded a, a a promo for wgn as harry carey Get which i never still never got footage of which i loved i wish ryan dempster would also do a harry carey i won i wish i was able to do it with him but like i i would really do I got in a fight with Carmel's Marmel, not like a fight fight, okay. but I would put, I don't know. I know they changed Wrigley's like bullpen a little bit, Okay. but back in the day, you used to be able to walk really up to the bullpen. You could like theoretically touch their heads because right. it's just like, it's just a wall. Now it's, now it's in the vines. Right. So now the, the, the bullpen was, so I would walk around and be like, Hey, who wants to get ice cream? Come on. And Carlos Marmel one time stood up and turned to me 
And one time I just it was so upset. I was just like having a bad day. I was like, hey, Carlos, why did you let me worry about my job? You worry about yours. <laughs> and um, he stood up and I was like, oh, my God, I got the heck out of there. And then the next day he blows the save for the Cubs. Oh, man. And I was just wanting to hear the post-game press conference being like, so Carlos, what happened? He's like, well, this vendor was doing this weird Bill Cosby impression. And <laughs> I just couldn't. Um, so I'm going to read one of these letters as Harry Carey. But it was really the, the greatest. Uh Really enjoy listening to your podcast. Just listen to your podcast with Rabbi Weiss and thoroughly enjoyed it. Like many others, I had Rabbi Weiss for all four years and he was definitely my favorite. I have fond memories and your podcasts have certainly jogged my memory. BT Dub, during my four years on the basketball team, we were better than the academy. Thanks, Ari. <laughs> hey, Ari. Next year, next time, we're going to try to get Albert Einstein on the show. <laughs> That's great. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you know what? Take us out. Take us out. Of, wish, wish the issue of a, a model tub 100 years from hey, our Harry Hey, happy 100 years. We're going to try to bring in Amelia Earhart for this one. I don't know, but it seems like we could try to get her. I don't know. <laughs> Ellie, I uh, I want to thank you, really, for taking the time. I know it's uh, it's this you know, post show and you're running around um, and you're heading back. You got to get ready for Pesach at some point. Um, but tell me how and tell us um, how can people get a hold of you? How can they hear you? How can they book you? Um, do Let's do the Ellie Leibowitz uh, commercial. Hit, hit it. Okay. Um, I am on Instagram at Ellie Comedy Agram. Uh, Thanks I for making that easy. Very terrible. Uh, my website is elliecomedy.com because yeah. Leibowitz is impossible to spell. That is a good website, though. Elliecomedy.com. Well, yeah, Eliecomedy.com. Uh, and I'm on Facebook, Ellie Leibowitz, uh, and Twitter, at Ellie Leibowitz, E-L-I-L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z, which is why my website is Ellie Comedy because Leibowitz <laughs> is ridiculous. I say my grandparents got to Ellis Island. They're like, you sure you want to spell it? L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z, and my grandfather's probably like, yeah, worst case, my grandson doesn't get a bunch of emails that he's supposed to. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, that's where you can find me. I post, a, I tweet a lot, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's where I can be found. Leibowitz at Gmail, L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z at Gmail, which is a great email to have yeah. if people spell my name right. That, 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 yeah, good luck oh, How that. many people spell Eisenberg with an E at the My beginning? email address is three letters at me.com very simple myi at me.com that's it i'm just saying eisenberg <laughs> how many people spell your name with an e at the beginning um n- not not if they want to get a response i mean i'm just saying yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is a typical error eli's i get yeah i mean I baltosi if people want to do it that's up to them i can't help that you know, <laughs> Ellie, this has been great. Um, I, I can tell you, you're you are a tremendously uh, a, a making big kiddish kedusha Hashem all over the place. And uh, really, I, I love the role of stickers. I think you're hilarious. You're an awesome dude. Um, thank you so much for for taking the extra time. If you if you want to uh, send a message to Ellie through us, you can email us at theshivashow at gmail dot com. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. I think I don't remember. Dove usually says that part. So um, other than that, we hope Dove feels better. And he comes back for the next show. We've got a lot going on. It's the Yeshiva Show. We're wrapping things up as we get closer to the June 4th gala celebration. 100 years. The celebration is going to be right here in the HTC campus. And you know what? I think you should 
take a special tour of the Rukshish Shiva's office and see where all this magic happens because these these pictures are really incredible. And I'm telling you, someone is, Ellie, this is true, someone is moving these pictures. <laughs> and we don't know who because not too many people have the key to this, but these pictures have moved. And I'm pretty sure that these eyes are, are looking at me in different, I don't know. I'm, I'm being, being very careful what I do. But anyway... Thank you very much for the Yeshiva Show, to, to, for listening to the Yeshiva Show. Thank you so much. Ellie Leibowitz, you're the man. We'll catch you next time.